Welcome to the Lent Easter podcast series from the National Association of Directors of Christian Education. This year, we have invited our board of directors and other DCEs from around the United States to share with you their thoughts on the Psalms of Lent and Easter. Throughout this season, we ask you to consider the message of our suffering Savior and his road to Calvary. As we journey towards the cross and the empty tomb, we pray that you are blessed by these devotions. Now sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and take a listen. Hello, NADCE world, and a solemn, somber, and penitential Lent to each of you. My name is Stephen Whitney. I am a DCE currently serving as Director of Worship and Music at St. John Ministries in Battle Creek, Nebraska. Today we're going to talk about Psalm 90. If you would be so kind as to open up your Bible, whether on paper or digital, you can follow along with me as we work through this psalm. Now, as a DCE, I know that we're not in charge of doing numbers. Save that for the treasurers, am I right? But since I'm a music person, my job actually necessitates my ability to count to four. Interestingly enough, we can break down this psalm into four different sections. Let's dive in and reflect on this prayer of Moses. Yes, you heard that right. This psalm is one of the few authored not by King David, but rather by Moses. Just knowing this author provides us with a whole bunch of context and backstory that we can apply to this breakdown. The first two verses simply remind the reader of God's eternal nature, that God has been God since the beginning of time. In starting the psalm with this, right off the bat, we are reminded and assured of God's eternal faithfulness to his people. God hasn't just been God since the Reformation, since Jesus' birth or resurrection, or even from the beautifully majestic part of the Prince of Egypt when Moses took the staff and the power of God parted the waters of the Red Sea with the dramatic music of Hans Zimmer playing in the background, of course. God has been God since the beginning. From the fall of Adam and Eve throughout the entire history of Israel, through his son's birth, death, and resurrection. From today, and for every day, until eternity, God is faithful, just, and a loving God to his people. And when we begin to grasp the scale and grandeur of God's eternity, our whole life comes crashing down into the proverbial blink of an eye. Enter section number two, which is verses three through six. Moses reminds the readers of the brevity and fragility of human life, especially in comparison with God's eternity. Long before any Lutheran church started ash-tagging people on Ash Wednesday, Moses recognized that mankind, who was created from the dust— will once more return to the dust. Not only that, but the amount of time that it takes to go from dust to dust is incomparably minute when put next to God. Is this the only time when Moses brought up the brevity of human life? Well, we don't know. But let's just pause and think about who is hearing this. The Israelites. The people who had spent generations enslaved in Egypt, waiting for any sort of deliverance. And once they were brought out of Egypt, they were blessed with a 40-year stint wandering in the wilderness. Sure, sometimes I think that my weekly routine can get a bit mundane, but try to fathom 40 years. 40 years. Which, thanks to my calculator, equates to 14,600 days. 
Waking up, going outside, collecting mana, making the food with the mana, and eating the mana. 14,600 days in a row. Kind of. I cannot imagine that there were no side eye glances and snarky comments when the Israelites were reminded of the brevity of life. Moses didn't stop there. After opening the fact that life is short, he then goes on about the dismal state of life as we know it in verses 7 through 11. Thanks to Adam and Eve and original sin, each of those blink of an eye manna filled days for the Israelites and the entirety of creation was also subject to God's wrath and anger. The God who created the entire universe, who has the sole power to give and take life at his leisure, knows each and every sin of each and every living thing in all of creation. This sin, this havoc-wreaking condition that has plagued the generations since the beginning, is all cause for God's judgment. A bleak outlook for literally everyone, sentenced to suffer pain and death, and this life, and doomed to suffer eternal death due to our inability to keep the law. Yes, dear friends, we are going to die. While the days seem long, time actually does wither away in the blink of an eye. Even in my wise old age, I seem to have gone to bed one night as a strapping young lad in my mid to lower twenties. I wake up and my bad knee reminds me otherwise. My children are also growing up before my eyes. I now have a kindergartner who is reading on her own. I was not ready for the day she came home, opened a book, and started reading. And now, I, at the ripe old age of 33, am basically knocking on the doors of graduation and walking my six-year-old down the aisle. They say age is just a number, but I would like to add that the amount of joints that hurt on any given day is also just a number. And that keeps going up. But that's not the end. It's not the end of the psalm, and it's not the end of God's story for your life. The final verses of this psalm are a prayer for God's mercy, to turn his anger into steadfast love. We pray for wisdom to live out our days. We pray that his love overflows into our lives that we may turn away from our sin and glorify him in all we say and do, not just today, this month, or even in this lifetime, but that his glory may shine throughout all of the generations to come. Out of God's steadfast love for his people, he provided a way, the way, to bridge a gap between death and life. Jesus Christ came to live the perfect life, die the perfect death, and atone for the sins of all humanity, defeating death with his glorious resurrection. Our eternal promise is secured by the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. This same Jesus sent his spirit into the world and into our lives, so that we may be empowered to live lives that are pleasing in God's eyes. Our prayer is not just for God's steadfast love to abound, but that the spirit work in our hearts and lives so that we may be vessels to point those around us toward our Savior, that all may come to know and believe in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. To close, I would love to pray with each of you. 
And rather than writing out a beautiful cast or X or TAC or SCAT or whatever other prayer acronym you have been taught, I would love to pray Psalm 90 aloud with you. I'll be using the ESV version. If you're following along on your phone, feel free to pull it up. And I invite you to speak these words with me. If you have another version, say it with me anyways. Why not? We pray Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away with a flood. They are like a dream like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even, by reason of strength, eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So, teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Lent Easter podcast. We ask you to look for us on your favorite podcast platform to regularly receive NADCE's podcasts during the Lent, Easter, and Advent Christmas seasons and throughout the year. God's blessings on your week.